What is up, you guys? I hope you are having an amazing, incredible day. Welcome back to the Happy Bod Squad pod. It's your girl, Coach Coco. And as you know, on Wednesdays, we podcast. And I am here with the lovely, the incredible, the amazing Coach Rio today. And we are going to be talking about invisible stressors, which I'm so excited because I really believe at the like heart of hearts that stress is one of those things that has a huge massive impact on our health and fitness journeys and just general wellness and yet it's still not something that's talked about enough so hi coach rio how you doing why are we talking about this today Hey, yeah, thank you. I'm fantastic as per usual. Um, so I wanted to talk about invisible stressors today um, because I think that for most of us, it's pretty obvious what stresses us out usually, like what we call visible stress, things like that are very common with your career is a big cult, but you usually school maybe can be stressful, right? Sitting in traffic, sometimes our relationships, dirty dishwater, gin, but um, I feel attacked, <laughs> personally attacked. <laughs> but you know, we have things that stress us out that we like, you know, right? And so these are some of like the typical, most obvious, most relatable types of stress. And then I think since some of these are kind of expected or anticipated in a way, we actually adapt to them um, for that reason. But like with sitting in traffic, yes, sitting in traffic is annoying, but you're not going to freak out about it every time because, you know, it's five o'clock, it's a Tuesday, it's expected, there will be traffic. So like, you're fine with it, you adapt to it. Sometimes though, some of us may be able to relate to feeling tons of anxiety or burnout, or like maybe you just can't get ahead, but your week is no more stressful than usual. So you feel confused, right? But you just feel like also this greater sense of overwhelm. And so this is why I wanted to talk about this topic because that feeling of extra overwhelm is caused by invisible stressors, the stressors that we don't always talk about or acknowledge like you were mentioning. Got it, okay. That makes a lot of sense. And I love the phrase invisible stressors because there are so oftentimes things going on in the background that we don't realize are constantly stressing right. ourselves out, right? Like, um, it's funny, I'm even, I'm looking at my desk right now and there's a bunch of things on it. I have sticky notes, I have pens, I have a whiteboard, I have the little like monthly planner printout version that I created for Happy Bod Squad. I've got my cup, I've got fake flowers. I've got real flowers. There's just a lot of things going on and it feels very crowded and busy. And I look over to the other corner of my room, which is just like empty and there's nothing in it. And I'm like, I feel such a sense of calm when I look at the empty room or the empty corner of my room versus this very busy, crowded mm -hmm. desk. And I think not having that awareness of invisible stressors, right? you might not realize that having a messy home or a messy desk or a messy fridge or a messy bedroom um, can actually be one of those things causing stress in the background at a subconscious level. So we know that invisible stressors are super duper important. Is there anything else that's important about like why we wanna be focused on these or what if we just talk about what the invisible stress is? Yeah, for sure. Um, but it's very much so what you just said, right? Invisible stress kind of does its dirty work quietly, kind of beneath your level of awareness. 
an unconscious level sometimes. And then the thing about it is when enough of these silent stressors add up, you can actually feel as if like maybe a tornado just hit you and you're just kind of left wondering, why do I feel so crummy? Why am I in such a bad mood? Why do I have maybe zero motivation to do anything, right? Like nothing is happening differently. So why do I feel this way? And like, and here's the thing, ladies, sometimes like we can blame our periods, right? Like we're PMSing, it's that time of the month, but we can't always blame our periods. We're not always PMSing on random, you know, times of the month. And so, you know, I think it's important that we want to make sure that we're practicing recognizing when our our tank is depleting. And so there are five particular invisible stressors that I wanted to share with you guys today and to kind of help shed some light on it and hopefully bring it more to your awareness so you can kind of tackle it faster and kind of keep it from wearing you down as much. Cool. Okay. Amazing. And so let's start with number one. What's that first invisible stressor? So the first invisible stressor is going to be information overload coupled with filter failure. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. Now, the nice thing about our society today is that we have so much instant access to information. And I think with this access, it easily kind of opens the flood floodgates for like the ability of, of an overabundance of information that kind of like floods into our poor little brains. Okay. Um, and then so like if you think between our jobs, whether you're a school teacher, a business professional, coach, scientist, lawyer, any mm -hmm. medical professional, student, even right, you're constantly required to keep a great deal of information in your head, teach and share a great deal of information, and then continue to stay sharp and learn a great deal of information, right? Yeah. And, then, and then you couple that with like on your own leisure time. We have access to Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and Pinterest and the news, mm -hmm. you know, and then so we quickly, very quickly find ourselves in kind of like this perpetual state of just like straight up information overload. Yeah. And like, here's the thing, though, like about this, it's been found that it's often not the information itself that's problematic. It's the failure to filter out the junk and consciously choose where to place our attention. Can you give like an example of that? Yes. Um, so like basically if you're having signs of like feeling tired or edgy, especially like if after like maybe spending some time on the internet or like watching the news, maybe you see yourself like getting distracted from like your health and fitness goals or just your lifestyle goals in general, right? With by like what's going on online, what's going on with social media, Instagram reels, TikTok black hole, right? Like we find yeah. ourselves getting distracted by that stuff or like maybe you've like thought about like taking like a digital vacation and kind of like taking oh. a break from social media huh. or like maybe you're like i'm not gonna because i'm afraid i'm gonna like miss out on something and have a little bit of fomo for like the next TikTok trend right yeah. or just find yourself like maybe struggling with like where to put your attention because it just kind of feels like there's too much going on yeah absolutely so it was called information overload right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um it makes a lot of sense because when you think about, you know, I think so coach Alana and I did a podcast a few weeks ago about stress and your cortisol levels. And one of the metaphors that I think a lot of coaches we tend to use is this metaphor of fight or flight and deciding whether or not we needed to run away from the tiger, right? Because thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago, our stress hormones would pretty much only be released if we 
had to fight like a freaking tiger Mm -hmm. or hunt and gather for food. You know, like back then you were either stressed when you were stressed, I guess I should say it was usually a life or death situation. Right. But now in modern day, right. Usually the things that stress us out are not life and death. And if you think about our lifestyle has changed so much in the tens of thousands of years of evolution and science and, you know, um, technology, but our bodies and our physiologies and our brains haven't changed all that much in comparison to the way that human life has. And so what's happening with your brain ladies is you're getting information overload on a thing that your brain is technically not even equipped to handle. So going on social media, getting stressed out by all that stuff that's coming in, your brain thinks that there's like a freaking tiger who you might need to run from. Um, and so if you're someone who does now, who does experience this invisible stressor, it's like, okay, how do I manage and filter that? So super cool. Coach Rio, what's the second invisible stressor? So the second invisible stressor is going to be toxic positivity. So yeah, so contrived positivity can not only be counterproductive, but it can even be harmful sometimes. So because like when it's not authentic, positivity can actually intensify the stress we experience, which is another reason to focus so heavily on mindset in this program, right? That's why we talk about focusing on mindset in this program, because like you you can you can't just tell yourself, you know, you're going to do, do well and like reach your health goals and like, you know, and all of that stuff if you actually truly don't believe in it though and so there's like obvious like and here's the thing obviously positivity like and positive thinking is not bad but there is a difference with being in denial and claiming that everything is fine versus acknowledging adversity is present but also truly believing that you're capable resourceful and strong enough to deal with the adversity you learn from it and grow from it right um so yeah Cool. Okay. So toxic positivity. Now this one's also really interesting, right? Because I feel that the current movement is positive mindset, fake it till you make it, (laughs) um, focus on the glass being half full. Mm -hmm. And yet at times it can be counterproductive. So can you give like one or two examples? So our clients can associate the difference, right? Because we also don't want to be like, okay, well, you know, positive, we don't, it's specifically toxic positivity, right? Um, What would that example look like so they can associate toxic positivity versus like actually just feeling negative all the time? Right, right. So a couple of things to consider, maybe you find yourself like trying to avoid experiencing or discussing difficult emotions, like such as anger, grief, or sadness, or maybe you repress those negative emotions, right? Um, And then what can end up happening is those those emotions can end up kind of like leaking out physically, maybe through muscle tension, maybe through having chronic headaches, maybe, I don't know, like disappearing wine bottles on occasion, you know? you know, or maybe disappropriate rage to simple things like misplacing your keys, you know, so things like that can be signs of like avoiding your emotions or repressing your emotions. Um, Another thing may be, you know, sometimes you may be the source of toxic positivity because you actually feel uncomfortable when people around you are suffering. So you might find yourself saying things like, just look on the bright side, like it's no big deal, don't worry about it. 
um, yeah. you know, and because that can stem from you maybe feeling guilty or ashamed whenever you experience negative emotions. Mm -hmm. um, and so sometimes that can even like fall into comparison syndrome too, right? Like I have no right to feel as bad as I do because there's other people suffering more than me. Mm -hmm. um, so those are like yeah. some things to like consider if you kind of can think back and like see yourself doing those things. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Thanks for the clarification. So number two, toxic positivity. What's the yeah. third one? So the third one is going to be your neighbor's leaf blower. <laughs> so oh, I know. Okay. <laughs> so this one sounds crazy, but I'm being serious. The, this one is for people who are sensitive to sounds and noises. Um, so like things like loud lawn equipment, barking dogs, car alarms, um, those things can actually trigger like a body wide stress response in certain <laughs> people. And like, the truth is though, like we're in order to survive, we do have to like perceive, interpret and kind of like respond to the world's, you know, smorgasbord of like sensory information, because this is what allows us to know, like if we need to pay attention to a baby crying or if we can kind of like ignore the soft hum from like our ceiling fan, right? So yeah. we're like all well equipped technically to kind of like embrace all of this like sensory stimuli. But the caveat to this is that this information overwhelms our ability to process it, then it becomes a stressor. Got it. Okay. At first you kind of lost me when you said <laughs> leaf floor. Um, <laughs> and then as I'm sitting here, I can hear on my left construction that they have literally been doing for the last year. I can hear people parking on the street and then a little like beep, beep. <laughs> You know, them just like locking their car. Yep. And then over here on the right, I can hear, I have tennis courts um, right next to my apartment. I can hear the like of people hitting the ball, a little like squeak of their shoes. And then also right now I don't hear them gardening, but earlier this morning. So uh, every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday, they are gardening out there. Um, which is super fun for me, especially as someone who, like you said, is a little bit more sensitive to noise. I grew up in a super small town, middle of nowhere, Connecticut, on a hundred acres of land, oh, which, sense. which mind you, you know, was worth like maybe a one bedroom apartment here in <laughs> value perspective. Um, so I grew up on this huge property of land. So there was no people parking on the side of the street. There was no, I mean, maybe like one more, like once every week or two, um, but I was probably at school and there were definitely no construction sounds going on of people remodeling their homes or building new buildings. So that's really interesting. If you grew up somewhere a lot more quiet and now you live somewhere a little bit more busy. Mm -hmm. And what's so fascinating is I have so many people who, people who come here and are like, wow, it's so quiet and peaceful. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's all about? relative, I guess, right? <laughs> Yeah, right. Exactly. Maybe because it's like, I can't hear my neighbors speaking or having a conversation, or it's not like a super busy street with a freeway going right. by or different things like that. Whereas I'm, I'm like, well, there's still a lot of background noise. It's just littler. Um, mm -hmm. so, anyway, so that was the third one. What's the mm -hmm. fourth? So the fourth one is actually going to be emotional labor. Mm. So, so, so for emotional labor, this one is literally described as the internal work that is needed to actively manage the feelings of others while controlling our own responses. Mm. So 
if you like work in customer service, if you're a therapist, if you're some kind of coach or a nurse, right, a good friend or just a good parent even, right, like these roles require a good amount of emotional labor. And so like if we don't account for this emotional labor and make conscious attempts of recovery and release, we definitely risk burnout. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. And what are some examples of this? So this one's going to be maybe consider like if you're at work and you feel like you kind of have to plaster a fake smile on your face, right, in order to not maybe provoke coworkers from like making comments or to make your boss feel happy and like seem like you're hard at work, right, or you love being there. Yeah. Um, maybe like you're in a profession that involves kind of concealing your own emotions and kind of prioritizing the emotions of the customer, the client, the patient, you know, professionals like healthcare law, customer service, coaching, <laughs> right? <laughs> maybe yeah. you feel exhausted at the end of the day because you've mm -hmm. kind of spent like all day kind of like catering to cranky people. Maybe you're yeah. a caregiver or maybe you're just a parent and your uh -huh. daughter's got cranky pants on today, right? Yeah. Um, I think one big one though for a lot of people is like if you're usually the role of like the peacemaker between your friends and your family and it's kind of like your role to kind of make sure that everyone is generally okay, even if that means ignoring your own desires or maybe putting your desires on the back burner for a while. Mm. I see. Okay. This makes a lot of sense, right? Cause it's using that energy to put on a brave face mm -hmm. or a happy face. We don't really feel that way, right? right? Coming off as happy when you're happy takes no energy and effort. It's just very natural. But yeah, I think a lot of times we will put on that happy face. Um, even if we don't feel it, number one, to just like avoid people asking you what's wrong. You know, yeah. like, I think that's exactly. one of my least favorite questions from strangers, right? You know, obviously if like my mom or a close personal friend is like, you know, Jen, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Of course, I want to have that conversation. I'll usually feel better. But if like a stranger or an acquaintance, um, or I would imagine a colleague uh, that I wasn't very close with, I don't know what that's like. <laughs> um, but like, let's say I worked in an office and I, you know, wasn't the best, wasn't the closest with my coworker. If they were like, Jen, what's up? I'd yeah. be like, oh, I'm good. That's you know, fine. it's kind of like that classic excuse. Like I remember in, in school, in like high school and college, the don't ask me how I'm feeling was, oh, I'm just tired. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you ever saying that? I had a long night or so, you know, I stayed uh, up late or whatever. Yeah. Oh, I'm good. I'm just tired. Tired mm -hmm. was like for sure the code for I'm actually in a bad mood for a very specific reason. But if you say tired, no one's really going to dig deeper on that. They'll be like, oh, okay, try and get some sleep. Mm -hmm. um, very cool. Okay. So I think we've made it through one, two, three, four. And what's the yeah. last one? So the last one is going to be microaggressions. This one is actually the last one, but it's certainly not the least because I think this one is really important to understand and kind of like pay attention to. Um, and so microaggressions really are small and like really subtle kind of everyday statements or actions that actually communicate hostile or derogatory or just kind of like a generally negative attitude towards someone of a particular population. So this includes people from particular racial groups, immigrants, LBGTQ+, people who learn or think differently, people with disabilities, or just people who are just different from you. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And is this, this is being on like the receiving end of a microaggression. I just want to like super clarify. Yes, but it's always nice to be aware of microaggressions because we could also be very easily on the giving end. <laughs> right. And the, like, that's the thing. 
I mean, I just, you know, I assume the best of people. I see the best in people. And I assume microaggressions half the time are unintentional, right? Or right. like a sense of naivety uh, mm-hmm. as well. Um, and growing up, microaggression was a term that I didn't even learn until college. And I learned it from one of my best friends who was an RA, a resident assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, oh, that's never really occurred to me before. Obviously, macroaggressions or passive aggressions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but micro is a super interesting example. So kind of having those again, it's almost like that subconscious of it's not so in your face that you see it right away. Right. I think sometimes too, with things such as microaggressions, it's like someone can say something or you can say something or think or hear or feel something and you can feel that felt off, right. but I don't know why. Right. And so then it's running in the back of your mind. This is why it's your invisible stressor. You don't realize that you were upset or off put or thrown off by this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Go ahead. Um, so with these five, what do we now do now that we know these stressors? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Right. Well, so let's like, let's start back with the first one, right. The information overload and like with the filter failure. So like when you're, when you're wanting to combat this, like the first thing you're going to want to do is try to create what's called a focus filter, because this kind of allows you to consciously choose with purpose where you want to kind of place your attention. And so in order to create this focus filter, what you want to do is spend some time thinking about who you are, which is your identity, and then what matters to you, which is which are going to be your values. So like an example of this would be maybe if you're a family person, that's your identity. That's like who you identify with, right? And you find it important to spend time with your with your family. That's going to be your value. And okay. so like this is like where you want to think about like what you want for yourself uninfluenced with any external opinions. Um, And I think though, like if you have a hard time kind of like thinking about, well, what are my values? Just ask yourself what makes you angry? You know, because anger can be a sign that your values are being violated, right? Like if you say like, okay, I get mad when someone lies to me, right? So honesty is probably a strong value of yours. Or maybe I get mad when someone's rude to me because maybe courtesy is a strong value of yours. Okay. Um, So just spend time thinking about that. And then once you've kind of mapped out your identity and your values, the next step is to take an honest look at where you're spending your time and energy. So you can literally just do this by tracking or like writing down what you're doing each hour of your day, like keeping a log of like how you're spending your time and then give yourself an audit. And then ask yourself, is the time and energy that I'm spending, you know, is that kind of being spent towards cultivating my values and who I am as a person and who I want to be? And is it getting me closer to what I want? And obviously if the answer is no, then that means it's time to reassess some things. Right. I mean, I love the question. Number one, does this get me more of what I want? Does this get me closer to what I want? And what are the values so that we can like align this? Right. Right. Because if we don't know what our values are, something can feel off Mm -hmm. and we don't know how to fix it. So first step is also just like knowing what your values are knowing what your priorities are and knowing what fills your cup. We Mm -hmm. were just talking about this super briefly on the mindset Monday this week of love languages. And I was saying, you know, a lot of people tend to know their love languages and think of them only in the context of their romantic relationship or maybe friendships. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like a lot of my friends will tell me their love language for the context of our friendship. 
Um, and we often rarely forget to speak our own love language mm-hmm. to ourselves, which right. is super, super important. And so with that, are there specific strategies for combating each stressor or it's really just like this overview like is there anything else I guess that's important for our clients to know as they begin to assess and evaluate the current invisible stressors that may be in their life currently yeah you want to just start to pay attention so like from like a toxic positivity standpoint pay attention to your full spectrum of emotions right feel those feel those emotions like acknowledge them and take a second to stop and think how am i feeling right now acknowledge how you're feeling acknowledge the why behind what you're feeling and like take a second to unpack that you know what can i take from this what can i learn from this why is it that i'm feeling the way that i'm feeling currently and how can i use this to better myself moving forward. Um, Same thing with like the whole noise thing, right? Like how can I kind of take back control and bring some sort of like peace and calm and um, just, you know, I guess like turn down the volume a little bit for the stress, right? So do you maybe need to kind of like work in a quiet space or maybe work with headphones? Do you maybe need to use earbuds while you're sleeping, right? Like try to find ways of how you can invite more quiet and calm into your life, especially for people with families, right? Like maybe we can have a quiet time as a family and everyone can have their own designated like, you know, like activities, like maybe we'll color and maybe the other person will read a book. I like to cook sometimes in quiet, right? Um, so little things like that, it's just all about inviting more of what you would like to have in your life. The emotional labor is going to be the same thing, right? How can I invite more things that de-stress me? How can I, what, let me remember, what do I usually use to de-stress? And if I don't have something that I use to de-stress, right? Uh Like I need to find something now, right? Like this is my time to figure that out for myself. And this could just be a really like beautiful journey of like figuring out truly taking a second to acknowledge yourself, acknowledge how things affect you and what can you do to invite more of what you actually need into your life. Um, If you experience a microaggression though, I will say like those can be very impactful on you physically and spiritually. So that one's going to be a big one. I would say just make sure that you try to confide in a community or a person or, um, you know, someplace that kind of understands specific struggles. And then like, just make sure that, you know, if you're feeling attacked, you know, by an aggressor, Uh ask them, you know, ask them to clarify what they mean. You know, like I love like, put them on the spot and say, Hey, you know, I think I may have misunderstood what you said. Do you mind clarifying and kind of make them own what they say to you? So then that way you can like, you know, get what you need out of them and they can't make you feel like what's that term they use like gaslighting these days. Like they make you feel crazy. Like how you like don't understand like what they're saying or you're misinterpreting what they're saying, you know, so they kind of make you feel like you're the crazy one. So ask them to clarify, put them on the spot and and make them own what they're doing as far as like the comments that they make and things like that. Um, But yeah, just find space. Yeah. Find space for yourself. I really like that because again, then you're also calling out a behavior that this person may or may not be aware that they're perpetuating mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you're also not just sticking up for yourself, but you're sticking up for every other person that they may be right. on like a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Um, this is very cool. Now we're like talking about invisible heroes. Uh, (laughs) absolutely amazing well I just want to thank you so much 
Coach Rio, for coming in today and talking about the different types of invisible stressors, giving us examples, and also showing us how we can not only assess whether or not we're experiencing these, but also address how to overcome and minimize them. So yeah. I am so very grateful for you. Thank you so much for coming in today and doing absolutely amazing in our episode. If you guys like this episode, send Coach Rio some love, post about it in Slack. We would love to hear from you. Hopefully you have the most amazing and incredible rest of your day, squad. And always, always, always remember that the best is yet to come.